Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. new here today, we hope that you encounter the truth of the scriptures and that you leave today with new purpose. And so let's get right to it. If you have your Bible, your smartphone, or the bulletin insert today, we're going to draw your attentions to 1 Corinthians 10, and we're going to be looking at verse 23. That's where we're going to be starting. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. All right, so 1 Corinthians, just to let you know a little bit about it, is the letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the church in first century Corinth, and in this letter, Paul addressed the problems of young, spiritually immature church mucking about with sin, pride, and selfishness, problems that the church can still face today. So even though the church in Corinth existed in a different time, in a different place, Paul's letter to the Corinthians is universal truth for the universal church, and thus good for us today. So, starting in verse 23, Paul, it's funny, it's, he's addressing a problem of conscience. Should believers in Christ eat food that was a result of animal sacrifice to pagan gods? You guys can relate, right? <laughs> Let me ask you, how many times have you gone out for lunch and asked, was this burger sacrificed to pagan gods? Like, has anything happened with this burger before it came to me? No, no, of course. So maybe not. So let me ask you, maybe today there's something in your life, there's something that you think you're entitled entitled to just because it's not technically wrong. It doesn't bother your conscience, but technically it's not good for the conscience of other believers in Christ. And so if that is you today, if you're, you have something in your life that you think you're entitled to, Paul, by the Spirit of God, has something to say to you, something to say to us today. So let's start by reading together, starting in verse 23. So Paul, he starts with quote fingers. He says, quotes the Corinthians. He says, you say, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I'm referring to the other person's conscience, okay? Not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in a meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? And he finishes like this. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Interesting. This is the word of God. Can we pray just before we continue? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you work in us today. That's why we're here. We ask that you work in us today. We want to glorify you in our work and in our worship, in our life together. 
help us be the church you had in mind. We need your work in us here today. And we love you for it. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Okay, church, have you ever wondered what our purpose is? Some of you here, maybe don't wonder that. Maybe you got it figured out. But sometimes with every change and culture shift and context shift, we question what the very point of our existence is. What are we here to do? What am I supposed to do? What is our purpose as a church? And so today, what if I told you the very purpose of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, was you? His heart and his mind are always set on you. And in the same way, church, what if I told you your purpose was not so much a what, but a who? That your purpose is not a thing to do, but a person to love. How many times can you remember that we, we go to the scriptures to see exactly what we should do or how we should look, but the inspired words of Paul can help us be the church that God intended us to be. Not just knowing what to do or how to look, but knowing which questions to ask. So today, if we were to ring out the letter of 1 Corinthians, what questions would leak out? What questions would form? You see, the Holy Scriptures don't tell us what to do in every situation, but they give us something much better. They give us questions to ask in every situation. So today, we're going to explore the letter of 1 Corinthians for questions to guide us in being the church God had in mind. Let's do that today. So the first question we should ask ourselves is, who do I belong to? Who do I belong to? You know, Paul writes in this passage, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. See, Paul is acknowledging, it's true, even the stake sacrificed to false gods belongs to him. The very earth that Corinth, Corinth sits on, the very earth that we stand on right now, the very air in our lungs, everything belongs to the Lord. And when we understand that, we can enjoy all things with thankfulness and with a clear conscience. Isn't that great? That's awesome. It is. It really is. Don't get me wrong. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's a wonderful truth. But if this is true, don't we belong to the Lord as well? And if that is true, do we act like we belong to him? Believers, if we belong to him, our actions should reflect not our own will, but his will. And his will will always supersede our freedoms. Paul says in chapter 6 of Corinthians, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. And therefore, honor God with your bodies. See, if we live as if we only belong to ourselves, we tend to live for ourselves. And if we live for ourselves, we live in any which way we please. And often that means that we can live and find ourselves in sin. We're not avoiding that today. But Christ has bought us at a price. Those who love him will submit to his authority in every area of their lives. They will live as servants as he commands and demonstrates, just as Jesus lived. Who do we belong to? You know, when I was a kid, parents used to write our names on the waistbands of our underpants. 
Do you remember that? Anyone had parents like that? And that inscription detailed who those tidy whities belonged to, right? And often, not only who those tidy whities belonged to, but usually who we belong to, right? If we ever got lost, like return this child to this parent, we're talking about checking kids in and out. It's like we put a little tag on kids' back, you know, this is who they belong to. It's like, imagine if you're putting your name on your sandwich in the office fridge and you put it there, you're like, you want to possess that sandwich. It's set aside for you. And we use labels to really detail ownership and make it very clear. We label what belongs to us. So let me ask you, is it clear who you belong to? When people look at your life and your actions, could someone say, wow, man, that person belongs to Jesus. We are labeled and set apart for the purposes of God, church. And you were bought at a price, and Jesus wears the receipt as scars on his body. Whose name is written on you? What do your actions say about whom you belong to? Because when who you belong to will just dictate the trajectory of your life. When we decide to follow Jesus, we surrender ourselves to God. And we are no longer in control. We have traded self-rule for God's rule. And we hand over the keys to our deepest places, to our ambitions, and even our gifts. We dedicate ourselves to live as Jesus did. We dedicate ourselves to serve others. But why is this so hard to do? For me, it always comes down to sin, but sin doesn't always look like doing the wrong things or doing things that are on the no-no list. Sometimes sin just looks like taking control, seizing control of our own lives, and which deprives us of our created purpose. So what is keeping you from handing over the keys to your life today? Is it pride? Is it hurt or fear? Something that happened? Is it love of yourself and money and leisure and all the fun stuff? What is it? Because Paul is asking us and telling us, you are not your own. Who do you belong to? And as part of belonging to the Lord, we belong to his body and in his bride, the church. So who do you belong to today? That's the first question. Now consider this. We may commit ourselves to Christ, but are we building up his body? The second question we should always ask ourselves is, who am I building? Paul writes, if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. See, Paul is saying that how we live should not just depend on how we feel about any situation, but for the sake of the conscience of others. Our level of knowledge and freedom doesn't warrant us to live however we want. And surely it doesn't warrant us leaving others behind. Paul says in chapter 8 of Corinthians, now about this, this food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. 
Do we know as we ought to know? Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. See, when I was in Bible college, we used to have this tournament every fall, a soccer tournament called Fusio Cup. Yes, you know all about it if you've been to Vanguard College. And the reason it was called Fusio was because of that, what Paul is talking about here, which is pride. And when Paul says knowledge puffs up, that word puffs up is Fusio, which literally means to be inflated with pride, ego, and arrogance. That word usually refers to this egotistical person, kind of like, whoa, like that Micah guy is so full of hot air. Fusio. You probably thought it once or twice. Um, Fusio Cup was about every faculty in our college puffing up their chests and showing off and competing for bragging rights. And it was this fun game about pride. It was a fun game of rivalry and ego. And some of us liked that. And competition is great and sport is great. But pride will not build a church. Not that kind of pride. Only love will build a church. Instead, you put the time in. You, you properly build and encourage people. You love them until they're sturdy and strong. Let me ask you, how many times has your pride helped someone? No one? If, if you're asking me, almost never has my pride helped anyone. Instead, people experience life change when they're loved well. Love builds up. We can't be Christians in isolation. God gives us himself, and he gives us each other. We cannot be self-sufficient and part of a God-dependent community. Your church needs you to love them. The people around you need you to build them up in love. Don't take a single quality about yourself and blow it up out of proportion. Don't let your freedoms and abilities and reputation and physical appearance go to your head because who does that benefit, really? Don't let pride get in the way. If we're the ones who are marked by love and know God, we need to focus on building others. How do we do that? Well, we don't puff them up full of hot air. We encourage them by speaking God's truth into their lives. Let me ask you today, are we good encouragers? When's the last time you've encouraged someone? Husbands, have you encouraged your wife this week? Right? Oh, man. In the same way, wives, have you encouraged your husbands this week? Have you been an encouragement to your friends? The people you know, the people you work with? person who serves you coffee. Are we good encouragers? Maybe you love intangible ways in daily life. Some of us love to give to people in uh, acts of service. You show them God's love and action that's real by going that extra mile. Are we good servants of others? When's the last time you've done something for someone? I know there's a lot of us who just give so sacrificially here at Crosspoint but maybe you haven't done that in a while. You haven't experienced that. Are we good servants of others? Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Build up people with sacrifice, self-sacrificial love today, Crosspoint. 
So that question is, who are you building today? That's the second question. Okay, now consider this. If we are marked as ones who belong to Jesus by our love, do our rights always apply? The third question we should always ask ourselves is, who are my rights good for? You know, Paul writes, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. See, Paul is saying, is it not saying that we don't have basic human rights? Don't get me wrong here, people. All people are valuable. We have the right to safety and basic needs whenever possible. But what Paul is saying here is that for those of us who belong to Christ, not every right we have benefits anyone but ourselves. And if we belong to Jesus, there will be times where we give up our rights and our comforts and our safety for the sake of others, for the sake of the good news of Jesus Christ, for the gospel. We'll give them up. And as one who belongs to Jesus, Paul didn't demand all his rights, even though he could have. Paul didn't even demand to be paid for his public ministry if it got in the way of the good news of Jesus. He says in chapter 9, if others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. See, Paul is considering what it's good for. What good are his rights? Okay, so in 1969, Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong wrote the song War for Motown Records. And the song was an anti-Vietnam song originally performed by the Temptations. Any Temptation fans out here? Yeah, you can say it. It's all right. The song's hook, though, it toted this rhetorical question that's so powerful. So forgive me for singing it now. It goes a little bit like this. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Whoa. Huh. Yeah. What is it good for? Right? Okay, some of you are picturing and imagining Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker singing that song in the late 90s, <laughs> Rush Hour. And, and it's ironic because I imagine two kids holding up that Rush Hour tape and being like, what is it good for? Like, what does it do? But other than being a highly provocative song and a catchy cinematic soundbite, the war lyric presents a good question we should ask ourselves every day. What is it good for? In the same way, what are our rights good for? When we take stock of our personal rights and our personal entitlements and our personal preferences, we must consider who our rights are good for. Do our demands only benefit ourselves? Or do they be benefit absolutely nobody? Church, we should be concerned if our preferences get in the way of the witness of Jesus Christ. Paul says he gladly lays down his rights so that there will be no barriers to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I understand how hard it can be to, to do this. I, I really do. And we usually think in terms of me when Jesus is inviting us to think about us, the church. But being a part of us means surrendering the you so you can start thinking about the who just as Jesus did. The who. Who are my rights good for? Let me remind you, you were bought at a price. Jesus laid down all his rights to die on a cross for you. And if Jesus claimed what he was entitled to, we would be lost. Life's not fair. 
God, thank God life's not fair because we don't always get what we want, but we also don't get what we deserve. Thank God we don't get what we deserve, right? Does anyone there think that's good news? Is anyone out there? But like Jesus, instead we get to give our rights away. We get to give them away. How? Well, let me give you some uh, examples today. Perhaps you give up some of that personal time that you've been guarding like a ravenous hyena. Maybe that's you today. Perhaps you surrender the need to be right all the time, even when you're wrong. Some of us need that. Perhaps you surrender the need to say your piece and get even and get what's yours. Who? Can you surrender your rights to today? Who can you surrender your rights for today? That's the third question we should ask ourselves every day. Now consider this. If we belong to the Lord, and our purpose is to lay down our rights and build up the body of Christ, how do we do that? What's a real tangible way we can do that? The final question that we can find in 1 Corinthians that we need to ask ourselves is, who is my gift for? Who is my gift for? Paul says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. See, Paul is saying that as part of the body of Christ, not only is our very purpose for the common good, but also our very spiritual gifts. He says in chapter 12, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good. The common good. The common good. Is it clear? He's talking about the gifts like words of wisdom and knowledge, gifts of faith and healing and miracles and prophecy and discernment, tongues and interpretation. They're all meant for the common good. Unity and the common good. Okay, so for example, uh, Paul teaches us in chapter 14 how to use the spiritual gifts. It's really clear. He gives it away to us. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in in a tongue does not speak to people but to God, and indeed no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets it so that the church may be edified. Let's be clear here. Paul's in, in Paul's example here, he is saying all gifts should be desired. But in this case, the gift of prophecy edifies the church. It strengthens the church. But the gift of tongues will only benefit the body of Christ if they can understand it, if it's interpreted. The word of God will always be a gift to the community of God if they can hear it. And so in the same way today, carefully consider who your gift is for. Are you using your gift for yourself or for someone else? I love how uh, Jeff Vanderstel of Doxa Church puts it and describes it. He says that our spiritual gifts are like presents at Christmas time. Now, during Christmas, we're kind of darlings, aren't we? Like, we're the nicest we've ever been at Christmas time. 
We scour the shelves in the malls and the Amazon website looking for the perfect gift for that special someone. And when we find it, we write that special name on it as neatly as possible and we sweetly tuck it under the family tree. It's awesome. What a beautiful gesture of love and selflessness. You sought and you bought this gift with that other person in mind. You never intended it for yourself. And you wanted to make them feel special and give them something that would help and encourage them. The gift was intended for their good, to communicate your care and to build relationship. Let me ask you, is that how we present our spiritual gifts at Crosspoint? Are we preparing them for the body of Christ? See, Paul says that we should follow the way of love and seek the spiritual gifts, but consider how they benefit our community. Imagine what it would look like, Crosspoint, if we were to walk into every one of our gatherings and our events and say to God, okay, God, who is this gift for? Who is this gift for? Imagine if we outgrew the immature shell of selflessness, self-centeredness, and became a community marked by generosity for others. Are we generous to the body of Christ, the church? Who is your gift for today? Who is your gift for today? See, if we truly want to live together and be the church God had in mind, we need to realize something very, very important. The good of others is the glory of God. The good of others is the glory of God. Let me correct myself. The good of others is glory to God. That's who we worship. It's like our lives are living sacrifices to God. The good of others is glory to God. So who should we live for? That's the question. And I think it's clear for us that we should live for others. And for Jesus, the who was you and is you. And now the question before you today is who needs you? Who needs you? So as we close today, we're going to be sharing the Lord's table as Communion Sunday, which is an excellent opportunity for us to make a spiritual 180 in our lives. And Christ is inviting us to return to our purpose today, which is others. And our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. But before we share this table, can we carefully just recall the significance of communion? Let me remind you, the Lord's table is where believers in Christ remember what Christ did on our behalf. The good news is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord's table is also a place of repentance. Forgiveness is received through faith and repentance. And at the table, we turn away from sin and our self-centered lives and return to Christ, who hears our prayers and gives us mercy and grace. Third, the Lord's table is a place of reconciliation. It represents our fellowship with Christ and each other. We were created for God and each other. We seek peace by forgiving others their sins, just we have been forgiven. Now finally, the Lord's table is sacred. And because of this, we heed God's warning not to partake in an unworthy manner without taking stock and repenting. So first, we examine ourselves. We ask ourselves, who are we living for today? 
And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you all to participate at the table by walking to one of the many stations, the four on the floor and the two on the balcony. You may take the elements there. You can take them at your seat with your family or friends. You can take them by yourself. But first take the bread and then take the cup. The scripture teaches us that on the night that Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and gave thanks and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. And do this in remembrance of me. And then, after supper, he sit, took the cup and said, this is the cup in the new covenant, and it is my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we invite you to remember, and to repent, and to reconcile, and to receive Christ with joy and gladness and fullness today. Let me pray before we partake together. Let's pray. God, you are so good. And we are your church. And we belong to you. And we want to live our lives and function as you will for others. We ask that you work in us today. Change us today. Help us be those people today. And we love you for it. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.